Welcome to episode six of our Sean's Lost Siblings uh, Boy Meets World podcast. Since we are on an even episode, I'll give um, the uh, the brief synopsis here. So, uh, Corey finds the answers to an IQ test that uh, the school's administering to, to all the students, apparently. And Corey cheats on the test. All the adults know he cheats on the test, but throughout they refuse to accuse him of, of doing so. And by the end, we kind of get our, our moral of the story, which is, you know, don't pretend to be something you're not. Pretty basic, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, this particular episode uh, opens up in the classroom, and, um, and Feeney is announcing the, the grades to, uh, to book reports, and Corey has on his... Um, a, a red nose, like a red clown nose. Yeah, he's an actual class clown. Yes. Not just figuratively, he's literally... The class clown. Right. And um, and uh, Mr. Feeney comes over to him and says, uh, you know, should I ask you to, to guide my slate tonight? Because he looks like Rudolph with this red nose on. Um, and Corey explains that he's basically just uh, preparing for, for Halloween. Um, so Mr. Feeney, as punishment for Corey playing the class clown, makes him keep the red nose on for the rest of the class. And uh, as Feeney's handing out the, uh, the book reports... He he stops and gives Minkus his and tells him he did a great job and also mentions that he really appreciates the haiku at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Right. I wrote it down because I, <laughs> I wanted to be able to recite it. So uh, so Minkus then goes into it right away and says in this very serious voice, he says, "The co- oh, I'm um, sorry, the, the book reports are about uh, Moby Dick. Oh, right? yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. So he says, the calm blue ocean... The sun lights up the monster's eye. He sees me. Whale food. <laughs> and Feeney says it works on many levels. And um, that's where Sean calls him a brown noser. And he calls Sean a troglodyte? Yeah, a troglodyte. <laughs> I had to look it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> Do you remember what it was? Uh, it's kind of like a person who lives in a cave, a hermit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Webster's. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and I think here we have a reference to something that you might have, um, well, th- this next part, is something you I think you referenced in the previous episode where Rafini is giving everyone um, their book reports and telling them how they did, and he gives one to Mr. Lewis and he tells him he did a good job, mm-hmm. and he gives um, Corey his and tells him it wasn't one of his better efforts, and that's when Corey grabs uh, uh, Lewis's uh, report and says, "Hey, we both got C's. Why'd you tell him yeah. that, that he did a good job?" And uh, that's where Rafini explains that he worked really hard for his C, and Corey just spends all of his time being the class clown. I, uh, in the previous episode we just did, you know, Corey was studying for the geography exam to try to win that, you know, to try to win the, um, the World Series Bat Boy Prize, right? Yeah. It didn't change his behavior at all. Like, like, that didn't carry over. He didn't have an epiphany. He didn't, be, like, become better in school. He's not trying harder. It's just, I mean, it's he's almost better like never... dressed, right, with the nose? <laughs> I guess. But he... He's not doing, like, you would expect maybe if something clicked like that or if he showed so much enthusiasm, it might carry over. But, of course, they just kind of drop it because they still needed him to be, like, the slacker average kid, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, if you got an, an A on the geography exam, I would figure maybe he would straighten up a little bit. Um, so, so Corey is at Feeney's desk, and he... He, this is where Feeney explains the whole thing about how you know Mr. Lewis worked really hard for his C, um, and 
And Corey complains and says that, you know, uh, like, he's, he asks Feeney, why don't you give Minkus a hard time? Like, why does Minkus get away with everything? And and Feeney says, like, have you taken a blow to the head? You know, he gets nothing but A's. And if there were a grade, if there was a letter before A, he would get that. Mm-hmm. And and Corey, um, Corey asks Feeney why he gives him such a hard time. When he makes paper airplanes, yeah, but not, but not Minkus. And he turns around, and Minkus has this super elaborate yeah, model, like a biplane, like the Wright brothers. <laughs> Are we expected to believe he did this like in twenty minutes in class? I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and it even has a um, a spinning propeller. Mm-hmm. So it, in these in this show, which was recorded obviously in the nineties. Even though we're watching on Disney Plus, like the quality's not really good. I can't tell what the propeller is spinning on. And a lot <laughs> of the stuff I, I really can't make out in the show, like little labels on things and brands, like unless I recognize the, the colors specifically. I don't know if it's a paperclip or what or a pin, but he even has a spinning propeller on this darn thing. And that when Corey looks back and sees that paper airplane and how it functions, he's just like, Yeah, I withdraw the question. And then <laughs> we get our intro. Uh, any other comments about the the opening scene? No, no. It, like you said, it was a little bit of a rehash with the mm-hmm. with the grades and stuff like that. But Feeney's just obsessed with handing out scores and telling the class how someone did or his interpretation. I, I guess that's how all the like, time. media perceives that what teachers do is they hand back tests all the time. <laughs> that's imagine? all we do: hand back Dude. tests. Good work. This is bad. <laughs> you failed. <laughs> like, hey, everybody, he sucks. <laughs> um, I, I remember, like, uh, in, in high school, I had one teacher who would put scores up on a board, like, for our, uh, it was, I think it was, like, pre-algebra or algebra. Okay. But the, when the scores were listed, it was by uh, student IDs. So it was just, a, like, a letter and a random number. Mm-hmm. You would never know who it was. Or maybe it was coded with last four of your social security number or something. So you wouldn't actually announce them to anybody. I'm wondering know? if we had the same teacher then. Uh, you have blonde hair. He's, like, really... <laughs> He bore you to death when he talked math. <laughs> yes, yes, same dude, Mr. Lelinsky. Yes, monotone voice. He talked like the, like Ben Stein. The yeah. whole first class I ever fell asleep in. <laughs> oh my god! I was just about to say something. Okay, so I was not a sleeper in any class. Okay, like I wasn't a total slacker, um, but in math I usually did pretty well. Mm-hmm. He let me sleep. He let me sleep. So if I. If I got an A on the test, and then we went over the test for the entire next class, which I'm pretty sure is what we did, yeah, he let me sleep through the whole review. It was awesome. Like I was always tired, and he would let me sleep. I don't remember if he gave me a hard time or not, but he told us that if you missed more than three homework assignments, there was no way you could get an A. So I took it as a challenge. <laughs> it was wrong. <laughs> he was wrong. <laughs> he also had this system, which uh, I guess either love or hate it, where... When you, when you did questions, when you answered questions on a test, the work was worth three points and the right answer was only worth one. Yeah. So if you did, if you showed like an understanding of how it works, but you made like a small mistake, like throughout the work, you could still get three out of four points. And that also shows like as a teacher, like the student's thinking process and yeah. it allows them to correct their mistakes because they can look at it and say, all right, well, this is where he was making the mistake. And if you figure it out, you can figure out why they made that mistake. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes teaching a little bit easier to have that information in front of you. I can't believe you remember his name. That's so wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, it was ninth grade, I'm pretty sure. Yes. I had him, <laughs> I had him oh. first period, like 7.30 <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> um, so uh, after this, we get our typical <laughs> intro. And when we come back, we're in the hallway. And, and 
Corey is exiting the uh, the classroom because he just had detention mm-hmm. you know, from wearing the uh, the red nose. I guess I missed that part in covering his interaction with with Feeney. Isn't it funny how him and Sean are alone in the school so often? <laughs> like there's nobody else there. <laughs> oh, actually, the the only other person in uh, in this area is, you see the janitor. Mm-hmm. I wish I don't know if we ever see this particular janitor yeah. again because janitors become like. They become characters with lines, at least, and mm-hmm. uh, inject some extra humor. But uh, so Corey, so Corey comes out, and uh, and Sean is leaning kind of on the uh, the wall because it's at the like the intersection of a hallway, and he's drinking one of those little uh, jugs. Do you remember those? Like the little um, oh like the yeah. juice jugs, like hugs or yeah. whatever. That's ninety percent sugar. Yeah, they used to look like barrels, and they had yeah. the little tinfoil cap or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's drinking one of those. Like wow, like what. <laughs> Um, just a call back to our childhood. I remember them being delicious. I love them. Yeah, sugar. But there was never enough in there. <laughs> Always wanted to have more than one. Um, so uh, so Corey comes out and he's like, hey, you waited for me? And Sean's like, you know, am I your best friend? Of course I waited for you. And that's when Corey says, you had detention too, didn't you? He's like, yeah, I did. And he reveals that his, his art teacher actually gave him detention. <laughs> and Corey says, I didn't get detention in art class. And he said, that's what makes me one of the greats. Um, so I don't know what the heck he did. But if it had something to do with clay, it could have been pretty foul. Um, so Sean throws uh, this, you know, the, the juice jug out. And in less than a second notices that he threw it out on top of something interesting in the trash. Just immediately trash picks. Throws it out, it hits the trash can, and he's like, whoa, check this out, and pulls out a piece of paper out of the trash mm-hmm. can. It, it couldn't be set up more obviously that he's supposed to know something's in there. Like, <laughs> no one would ever spot anything like that, especially that quickly. It opens it up, and it turns out it's answers to a test, and he's super excited. And then he is less excited because he realizes it's the answers to an IQ is IQ exam they're supposed to have tomorrow, and and Corey looks at it and he looks at at an opportunity to to get Feeney off his back. Like if I can do well on this test, maybe Feeney will leave me alone. I guess let him be a class clown and wear a red nose if he does well on an IQ test. That's his logic here. Yeah, so I have so many problems with the fact that that test is in the trash can. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're doing standardized tests and you're, like, comparing students to other students, tests need reliability and validity, mm-hmm. which means nobody's seeing those answers. No. The teachers won't have those answers. Like, <laughs> So not only why is it in the trash can, why is it at the school? And wouldn't there be different like versions of the answers too, like in different order or something at least? Yeah, usually when we were in school, like there was form A, form B, form yeah. C, and then we still have kids that would lean over and cheat, right? <laughs> um, but and I think they even tried to make sure they handed out like every other kid, so the ones around mm-hmm. you were unlikely to have the same, yeah. the exact same uh, test format that you do. So Sean shows some wisdom here and tells him that he should he said do yourself a favor take those answers up and throw them back in the trash but he doesn't want to pull them out so he created this mm-hmm. problem <laughs> so if it's a normal test that you could cheat on Sean's all about it but if it's an IQ test that as he says doesn't count for a grade it's not worth it mm-hmm. he tells Corey don't complicate your life and that's where um, where Corey says you know if I was smarter I would listen to you uh, but, uh, but tomorrow I'm going to be a genius <laughs> so- and Go ahead. Um, we had a teacher in our eighth grade, in eighth grade and middle school, mm-hmm. that would hide fake tests in the classroom and see if people cheated. What? Yeah. On um, B team, Mr. Mock. 
Seriously? Yeah, he would hide fake tests. So if you found a test just sitting on the floor, like even if it had somebody's name on it you recognized, it was most likely fake. He wanted to see if you would just copy the answers yes. on the next exam. Uh-huh. Wow. What yeah. did, did the questions match up though? To fool you? It was the exact same test, just fake answers. Wow. Yep. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a, a jerk move or brilliant. <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit of both. No, I, I think he walked that line, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how it happened, though, but I never had him for a single class. Most people had Mr. Mock for something. I never never had the pleasure. Well, yeah, he was he was science. He was B-team science mm-hmm. in our middle school. So if you were on A-team, I don't know if you were on A-team or not. You only taught seventh grade science? Maybe eighth grade. Maybe he might have switched right? over at one point. be busy all day? I don't know. Right? Uh, yeah, so yeah, I never, um, I just remember him as the guy who would climb the basketball hoop yeah. during the, uh, when the teachers played the, the kids, you know, spirit night type thing. Walked around with a, a corded phone in the hallways and handed it to kids saying, it's for you. Really? <laughs> yeah. And see if they would answer it. Kids were gullible. I mean, why would they trust your teacher, right? Yeah, he was, uh, he was different. He seemed like yeah. a lot of fun. Um, someone I, I probably would have had some fun with. So, Corey and Sean walk off, and we fade out and come back, and they are back in the classroom. And uh, Mr. Feeney is again announcing results for something, but this time it's the IQ test. And he says that one person in this very room needs to be recognized, that they had not only like the highest score um, in the class, but the highest score in the, the history of the district. Mm-hmm. And it is exaggerating, saying, you know, it gives... Uh, Makes us question, you know, as if there's a ceiling to human potential and refers to this person as a, uh, a junior uh, Kierkegaard. And before Corey interjects and says, like, who about Kierkegaard, um, Minkus thinks that he is this person, mm-hmm. that he is the genius that he's talking about. And Mr. Feeney reveals that he actually came in second. Yeah. And Cor- you can see Corey in the background. He already knows it's him. Yeah. And. And, uh, and Minkus is like second as it not first and he's like someone actually beat me in this and Feeney says blew you out of the academic water this is like I feel like this is really harsh to say to him because it's really clear as he's talking to Corey is he doesn't believe for a second that Corey didn't believe that he didn't uh, cheat on this test yeah so he announces that it's Corey when Corey says like who about Kierkegaard and then he has the class applaud for him Corey stands up and says it's really not a big deal and Feeney says, oh, it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. It is, in fact, a very big deal. So uh, it's clear here that, that, that Feeney knows that something's yeah. up. He doesn't think that he's just been hiding his genius the whole time. And and Corey knows that Feeney's on to it <laughs> as well. And that's kind of like what the interaction with every adult is like throughout the, the rest of this episode. So uh, Corey turns around to Sean and just goes, uh-oh. And then uh, the next scene, um, the, the scene cuts, and then we're in the, uh, the living room. I'll tell you what, before I get there, anything else you want to say about the, the classroom with the IQ um, exam? No, I, I think that pretty much covers it. So okay. we're, we're moving on to the living room now, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're in the living room, and, um, and Amy and Morgan are talking about costumes. And... And Morgan has a friend, Shelly Fidus or something. She's yeah. saying, well, Shelly Fidus gets to get her costume today. I won't mind today. And and her mom, Amy, is explaining that you know, she has to sell real estate, so mm-hmm. she can't go do this today. 
that's when uh, when Eric shows up and he refers to um, Morgan as he comes in and he says hi Weasel yeah I, I like his nickname with her yeah um, I like it too and their interaction seems to be very natural mm-hmm. like their, their on screen chemistry is um, some of the best in the show yeah like you he, believe him as brother and sister absolutely mm-hmm. I, I imagine off the show they probably had a really good relationship too you know basically kind of own like a, like an adopted sister or something yeah so. Uh, Eric says that uh, that he's willing to take um, you know Morgan to the mall to to help pick out a costume with her, um, and uh, actually <laughs> before he says he'll he says he'll watch Morgan and I think he asks her if uh, he says something to her like uh, I could teach you how to take out the garbage. Is that in this scene here? I believe so. I believe so. <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, really? You'll teach me how to take out the garbage? <laughs> um, being like sarcastically, says, what am I, an idiot? Uh, but anyway, Eric says that he'll take her to the mall to pick out a costume and says that if Amy will just drop them off, he'll have um, he'll have Alan, you know, his dad, like pick him up like on the way back from work. I wonder how he's going to call him to, to pick him up back from work. There's no cell phones at this time. I guess a pay phone at the yeah, mall. Yeah, pay you phone. would imagine. I guess it's it's a it's one of those things that you wouldn't even have to think about now. Like, no. oh, you need to call somebody, you just do it, or even call an Uber in this case. Yeah, but you'd have to actually figure this out and make sure you maybe have some change or have a, a way of getting some. So, uh, this is where uh, Morgan says she loves her brother Eric because he's yeah <laughs> because he's going to take out to get a costume. Um, as they are leaving to go, where Amy's going to drop them both off at the mall, Corey and Sean come in, and they're. They're clearly a little upset about something, mm-hmm. and Corey's like, "Hey, bye, mom. Can't talk." And runs upstairs, and she suspects something immediately. Yeah, right away. And she's like, it's "Trouble?" And they're like, "Yep, absolutely." Like Morgan and Eric are both like, "Absolutely, you know, definitely in trouble." They go upstairs, and and Corey has this envelope, and he's freaking out because because um, it's a it's a letter from Mr. Feeney to his parents. Yeah, in the plain white envelope. Yeah, in a plain white envelope. And he's like, he knows I cheated and he's going to tell my parents. And uh, and he's obviously wondering what's inside of there. And Sean takes it from him and starts to open it. And mm-hmm. Corey, uh, Corey freaks out and he's like, um, no, what are you doing? And that's when Sean explains, hey, you know, this is just a plain white envelope. Do you have any of these around the house? Like, do your parents ever write letters? And that's when Corey has an epiphany, like, oh, right, we could take the letter and put it back in a new envelope yeah, and as, reading it. As we have the audience, like, had a preconceived notion that, like, maybe he was a genius. Yeah. He's gone now. <laughs> gone now. Yeah. And, uh, and Corey also says something like, uh, he's something, he's a genius. He's smarter than Captain Kirkagon. Yeah, Captain Kirkagon. <laughs> Which is awesome. Um, <laughs> and uh, so... So Sean takes the letter and he starts reading it, and you get like a small glimpse of it. It's maybe two sentences. Mm-hmm. It's typed up, but it's maybe two sentences. And he's like, "Oh, it's from the uh, state education authority, and they they come into to investigate intelligence fraud." And Corey's freaking out because mm-hmm. he thinks Sean's um, being serious, and Sean's like, "I'm making it up. You know, yeah. This is real." And he just says, "Relax. All it says is that Feeney wants to meet um, with your parents." Mm-hmm. They're next door. I know you can't do that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, a phone call could accomplish this. He could walk over, yeah, which ten he, feet, which he does. Like he does. Like I think, like, and many times he just kind of walks over and knocks on the door. He does it in this episode. Yeah, he does it in the next one. Yeah, but he goes <laughs> goes to the trouble of writing this letter and handing it to Corey and you know making Corey sweat it out. I guess maybe that was the whole point to make him sweat it out. Yeah. So um, 
But I don't know. Did you ever get nervous, like, when your teachers actually talked to your parents? Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that would make me more nervous. Yeah, I remember we used to, even when we did parent-teacher conferences, I don't know if it was every semester or just once a year, but there was usually one mandatory one mm-hmm. and one optional. Yeah. I was usually a pretty good kid, and I kept to myself. Uh, there was one class where I was acting up a little bit, and I didn't like it, didn't care for the teacher, and that was, like, the first time that a optional parent-teacher conference was opted for for me. And I was like in fifth grade. And I was, uh, it was Mrs. Cook. I didn't care for her. And I didn't care that she did that. And that made me sweat it. Um, mm-hmm. But she basically told my parents that, you know, I was just kind of a little too talkative and not focused in class or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so I, of course, like if a teacher wants to talk to your parents, you wonder what it is, mm-hmm. you know. And... If it was about a good thing, like if teachers going to praise praise a kid, you think they maybe even tell them, "Look, don't worry, I'm going to talk to your parents. But I just want to tell them how well you're doing, yeah. rather than just screwing with them." <laughs> do you ever have to do that as a teacher? Do you ever have to? Do you talk to parents? Um, it's a, a fine line when you want to talk to parents about something that they might not be appreciative of hearing. Mm-hmm. So, like, you always list positives in there. Sure. Like, so and so is great at this. They're doing fantastic with this. Um, this is an area we need to work on. I would love to meet with you and talk to you about. So mm-hmm. try to put as much of a positive spin on it. Um, but it, it, yeah, sometimes it can be nerve-wracking talking to the parents because difference of, of opinions and and whatnot. My mom always, um, like, there, there's a couple, I don't want to uh, deduce all parents are just two types, but their parents are like, oh, not my kid. My kid's an angel. <laughs> and there's the parents that are like, what did you do wrong? You know, I was always a good kid. But if, if an adult told my mom that I did something wrong, she assumed it was true. A hundred percent. She's like, well, what do you do? You know, yeah. like, you wouldn't just jump on the defensive. So if they said, like, he was struggling, she'd be like, oh, okay, how? How's he struggling? You know, let me try to, mm-hmm. to correct that. So um, but I can imagine you have some who might have a little bit of a visceral reaction to something like that. I've been pretty lucky in the district that I'm in now. Uh, parents are very supportive. That's good. Um, and then in other districts that I've been in, um, I was I used to get the oh yeah we're gonna work on that we'll do this this and this thank you for your help and then nothing yeah <laughs> nothing yeah, it's easy to say so, you know, the lip service but it's hard yeah. to follow up on especially with all the parents who work and stuff I yeah. get it. So before we exit the the bedroom scene. That's where uh, Sean tells Corey to relax. He says, it's Halloween, and uh, this year you're going as a genius. And then we, we, we fade out. Um, we come back, and Corey is in the bedroom, and he is watching for his parents outside the window, mm-hmm. sees them pull up. I guess they had—I think it's, it's coming back from their meeting with Mr. Feeney, which yeah. was at the at the school, which is the most appropriate place to do it. Mm-hmm. But considering how much Feeney interacts with them, like, on a personal level, and just it's just easier. You know, it could have done it right outside. Uh, yeah, at the same time, you want to have that boundary, though. You do. So. For sure. Yeah. So, as soon as he sees his parents come in, he runs over to his boombox, and he plays um, some classical music. Yeah, which all intelligent people all listen All intelligent to. people. It's just... <laughs> okay. So... Um, a couple of things. No one believes he's actually a genius. And it's mostly because of how he is day to day. Yeah. But being a genius doesn't mean you necessarily do well in school. You actually have to still have to put the effort in. A lot yeah. of it's memorization, you know, and just putting forth the effort and trying to understand the material. You might understand it more quickly with less effort, but you still have to put some effort, right? Yes. And then, of course, the other, um, the other stereotype here is that 
if you are a genius, you must listen to classical music or something. Yeah. So and then conduct with it as and well. And conduct. So he's doing the the very average kid uh, form of conducting, where your arms are just moving in random, random ways. I, I don't know anything about conducting, but I do I do believe that the motions mean something. <laughs> Otherwise, the orchestra would just be like, "What's going on?" <laughs> you know? yeah. like, like, oh, he seems pumped, regardless of where his arms are going. So I'm going to play harder. You know so I mean? uh, one hand is keeping the beat, mm-hmm. um, and the other is like telling the orchestra and the different parts what they should be doing okay. like volume up down and like different things like and that pace. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I, I don't that. know exactly but mm-hmm. like my brother being a music educator had to take a course on conducting and bought one of those like baton or whatever they're called That's awesome. and it was like 80 bucks and I'm so confused. oh my god yeah <laughs> so expensive and I'm like look I got a pencil it was 10 cents <laughs> so. dude even like a baton looks kind of looks like a like uh, another, another thing I know I just it's not called that I, I should know it's, it's the really are they, is it really light or something it is light and it's perfectly balanced <laughs> <laughs> like you can hold it in the middle and it stays balanced I, I don't think it's at the finger I think it's like uh. closer to the end so there's like a ball at the end or something. So like okay. where you're holding it from, it's balanced. So it kind of floats out there. Eighty dollars. Right. No, but you can't <laughs> be. You can't be like. Uh, I'm gonna bring by this term. You can't be the wank pheasant with like the fake baton <laughs> if you're gonna do it. If you're gonna conduct, especially in front of like your other you know, your peers or whatever, you gotta have the the good legit uh, yeah. baton for that. I wonder how many people like now use like a, a wizarding wand like from Harry Potter or something. Um, it, yeah. See, I would have to do something fun. Like, Why not? Not spending eighty dollars on a baton or whatever they're called, and yeah, I can spend twenty dollars and look like a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> or do a lightsaber, like a small lightsaber that lights up. They make uh, lightsaber yeah. chopsticks. Use yeah. one of those. <laughs> as long as it's light enough to move around, mm-hmm. you can imagine it would work. So, Corey notices his parents pull up. He starts conducting. His parents show up like at his door within seven seconds. So they pull up. And they get out of the car and rush upstairs in just a, a matter of seconds. Like, they didn't... It's just funny. Almost like they teleported there. And uh, they're delighted that he's listening to uh, to classical music, but they know there's something up. Yeah. And he tries to play it off as if he didn't notice. And, of course, he's only done this, you know, ever... Like, ever since he did really well in the IQ exam. And, and his parents, just like Mr. Feeney are under no delusions that he's actually a genius. And, um, oh, and he, he does mention the specific song he was conducting to. It was uh, Beethoven's Piano Concerto in E-flat. Yeah, Beethoven. my favorite. <laughs> um, he tries to play it off. Like, he tries to fake play it off that it was just, like, a, an automobile commercial or something mm-hmm. like in between, maybe, like, in the middle of a uh, Phillies game. Yeah. Because and the World Series was just last year. The World Series was, right? <laughs> now we're back in the preseason, right? <laughs> Continuity is the most important thing in this show. Um, so they ask him, it's like, why is your IQ way up here and your report card way down here? Which, by the way, is very possible. Mm-hmm. It's very possible to be very intelligent and uh, and have um, a poor report card. A poor report card. But based on their other interactions with him. And they, they know their kid. Yeah. Um, so and that's when Corey tries to play it off and says he believes that the educational system is flawed and his dad says something uh, make it very obvious that he knows and says yeah I'm seeing the flaw like as he, <laughs> he knows Corey's full of crap yeah um, 
Morgan comes upstairs and she's dressed as a zombie and she comes up with Eric yeah and the eyes hanging out and the eyes hanging out yeah and Alan's just loving it he's pointing out all the stuff like the axe to the head Mm -hmm. and the the hanging eyeball I I feel like that's so much of a better costume than some of the kids costumes we see now yeah oh dude wait wait. Corey's costume in this episode we have to talk about okay do you remember what it looked like um all right, I'll describe it when we get there. Yeah, and uh, you'll if you don't if you can't picture it in your head, you're gonna have to look it up when we're done to see a picture okay. of this darn thing. Oh, okay, so um, so Amy is upset with Erica first, and she's like, "I wanted uh, Morgan to pick out her own costume because she thinks Corey, but she thinks that Eric put her up to it." And he explains that you know she did pick it up, like this is the one she picked, despite all the princess costumes. This is what she wanted, and she wanted to be a zombie. And Amy's like, well, you know, up until you know, an hour ago, she didn't even know what a zombie was. So, anyway, she's she's going to stick with this costume, and she says, like, the undead are cool. And, yeah. And then we fade out. So, um, we're in the classroom now, and um, and Corey says something to Sean. Like, he doesn't like lying to his parents about the IQ test. Um, he's like, lying to Feeney was okay, but I don't like lying to my parents. Mm-hmm. Sean's like, really? Because it gives me a little bit of a rush. <laughs> I wonder if he meant like lying to Corey's parents or his own parents. I assume his own. Um, then they do this thing where they're trying to rationalize. Yeah, so it's, this, not their it's not their fault. Like, they had no option but to do it. Right. Even though Sean told them not to in the beginning of the episode. Right, so the way they do it is something to the effect of... Um, Mr. Feeney gave him detention. If he hadn't given him detention, he wouldn't have been in the hallway that mm-hmm. late. They wouldn't have seen the trash can the janitor had. They wouldn't have thrown the thing out and saw it and opened it up and be tempted to use it. And and, and, and Sean's like, it's whatever we do is not our fault. And Corey says, yeah, it's good to be kids. <laughs> um, Minkus walks up to Corey. Again, another person who doesn't believe for a second that he's a genius. And he's like, I don't get it. He's like, if you're so smart, why are you always trying to copy off of me? Yeah. Corey stalls and stutters over that question, and Sean explains that uh, Corey's just trying to admire the work of a fellow genius. And Minkus plays it off and says, really? Well, how about, you know, next time I'll just tilt my papers, I'll angle it more towards you so you can admire it even easier. And Corey's like, you would do that? And Minkus just goes, no. <laughs> like, what so, are you, stupid? So Corey's been trying to cheat on his <laughs> and he's still getting C's. <laughs> No, it's funny. He doesn't strike me as a, a cheater. You know? No, like he doesn't mind getting a C. Yeah, he's just he just doesn't try. Yeah, but he's not. He doesn't try, but an episode ago he tried mm-hmm. and did great in the geography exam. Yeah, it's all about right? incentive. Yeah, so in here they, he basically they admit that he tries to cheat all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's um, trying, right? Right. So in this little exchange, this is actually before class starts. I don't know if it's homeroom. You know, but they're just kind of chilling. And the bell rings, and Feeney sends in another teacher to watch the class and calls Mr. Matthews out of the room. Yeah. Which I thought was one of those moments where all the kids would go, ooh, mm-hmm. that we get in trouble. Like, it's, it's inevitable. You can't stop 30 kids from doing that. Have you seen that as a teacher yet? Um, Maybe they're too young to think of it that way? I, yeah, I don't know how they view it. I've had to, like, if I want to talk to a student one-on-one about something, mm-hmm. um... Like, I'll steal them for a few minutes, like, at the start of special. Yeah. But I'll let the, the special teacher know. But I, I don't think they necessarily view it as always negative. Okay. So, at that, or at least in elementary school, they don't. I think middle school, they might change up a little bit. For sure. And but, definitely give them a hard time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, uh, so Feeney brings him into the, um, into the cafeteria. Feeney gets a, a drink from the vending machine and sits down with him. And he's like, oh, you just 
and Corey's like, why am I here? Mm-hmm. Well, I just wanted to chat about anything, you know, sports, um, the weather, and maybe some other things. And he, and he says, the inevitable ramifications of deception. <laughs> and Corey's like, I choose sports. And Feeney says, too bad, because your new school doesn't have any. That's when Corey, Corey, Corey says, Corey laughs and says, that's funny, I think you might have just said that you know I was going to a new school. And Feeney's like, well, you are. You know, People you know, with your level of genius need to go to a new school to... To harness, you know, their abilities, and and Corey says to them, you know, I'm smart. I might not be a genius, but I'm smart enough to know uh, that that you don't. What well, I'm smart enough to know that you don't believe I'm actually a genius. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Feeney says it no longer matters what I think, because um, you know he, you, he doesn't come out and say you cheated on the test. But the implication is, you know, you cheated on the test. Now you have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and Feeney goes to leave the cafeteria. He's just going to leave Corey there by himself. Yeah, <laughs> we're class. Something going on. Uh, what's going to happen next? <laughs> so, and as he's walking by, he points to a, a, a Halloween decoration on the wall and says, "Don't you just love Halloween? No one is what they pretend to be." Yeah, and just leaves him there. So, uh, the scene cuts, and uh, we're in the bedroom. All right, you know what? I'll pause again. Anything you want to talk about about this slow interaction they have? Um, no, but. No. All right. No. Cool. So um, we're in the bedroom, and Cor and Sean Corey's in the bedroom by himself, sitting mm-hmm. on his uh, on his on his bed, I guess. And Sean comes in. He's like, "Hey, so what's up? What's the emergency?" And Corey just unloads on him with one yeah. of these awesome Nerf guns with mm-hmm. multiple barrels. We can just pump it and just shoot him. Like and, this is all Sean's fault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and Sh- and Sean's like, "What are you trying to do? Kill me?" And Corey freaks out, and he says that. Um, what are you going to be doing uh, like this summer? I'm going to be at some sort of like genius camp. And so he says something about searching for Bobby Fischer. Yeah, he's a chess grandmaster. Is that what it was? Yeah, he, he's okay. a chess champion. All right. So this school's not even good enough, or is too good for for Minkus. Right. And like Minkus excels at everything. Minkus is a legit genius. Like if you could build mm-hmm. a paper airplane like that, you yeah, know, just like off the top of your head. Um, mm-hmm. And with how well he does and everything and the way he speaks, you could tell he's he's legit genius. Yeah. You would think he would be recruited too. So this is the first time we ever heard of this. You know? Yeah. Almost like a, almost like it's all just crap made up for this episode. <laughs> how about that? Um and Corey freaks out and he's like, You know what they do to geniuses? They send them to a special school where they make Minkus look like uh Fabio. Fabio. <laughs> um so and that's when Sean again is the smarter of these two kids in this episode. And he's mm-hmm. like, "Hey," and he says, "Hey, idiot!" You know, um, are you a genius? And Corey says, "No." He's like, "Well, do you have the answers to this next test that they're going to make you take?" Because mm-hmm. they're trying to place him and they're basically trying yeah. to get him admitted to this special genius school, like a reevaluation. Yeah, and Corey says no, and Sean's like, "Do you kind of see where I'm going with this?" And or Sean says, "Yeah, do you kind of see where I'm going with this?" And Corey's like. You want me to throw the test? And Sean goes, "Oh no, no! I don't want you to throw the test. I want you to uh, take it to the best of your ability, but no guessing. I don't want you to accidentally get a right answer." And he leaves the room, basically like, mm-hmm. "Hey, dumb, dumb! Your problem is going to be fixed when you take the assessment." Yeah, and you don't full pass with flying colors again. So mm-hmm. uh, we're in the living room, and Corey's taking the test in the background at a little desk, and Amy and Alan are sitting at the uh, at, on the couch with this. This English woman, I guess, with yeah, an accent. pompous. D- totally pompous. And she does this thing where she rolls her R's all the time. Yeah. Is that a thing? Is no there an clue. English accent that, that involves rolling R's all the time? No clue. I don't think I've ever heard it before. <laughs> but she just... 
her gimmick is that she's a total jerk, and mm-hmm. they make it um, uh, they make that apparent right away. Because the first thing she says to them is, uh, "So, Amy, I understand you're a housewife." And yeah. Alan interjects in Amy's defense yeah. and says, "Well, she's a homemaker. You know, she wrangles three kids. You know, keeps you know Realtor. runs a wonderful home, and she also manages to sell real estate." And then she takes a shot at Alan and says, and I understand you work at a grocery store. And mm-hmm. Amy steps in and says, well, he runs you know, the most successful you know, grocery store in the area. And this jerk lady says, <laughs> tradesmen are like, so important yet you know, so like, unappreciated. Yeah, and the insinuation that like, people with those jobs can't have smart children. Right. Which is, or they can't be smart themselves, which is completely false. Yeah, she's... She's just a total jerk. jerk. Yeah. Um, so, and I don't know if this is supposed to be a a shot at English people or a shot <laughs> at, at people uh, who run these schools, but it's very possible for her to have these assessments and not be pompous, arrogant. Yeah. So, um, Morgan comes in and and her clothes don't match. And mm-hmm. this lady points it out, and uh, Amy now explained that they want her to pick her own clothes and express yeah. her own creativity. And so she she still thinks that Corey's a genius, having not seen the, the second assessment. And she's like, well, maybe Morgan is too, and gives her this word association problem. Yes. Just maple is to elm as Daisy is to, and Morgan's answer is booger. Yeah. And she's like, basically, uh, go ahead, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say it's right. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> and she's like, well, you know, genetics are so hit and miss, you may go. Um, so a little shot at Morgan there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and as uh, Corey finishes the test and the parent and his parents are like, that sh- this should pretty much confirm what we already know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sh- this woman, um, she comments that most people need a lot more time you know, on this test. To be truthful, like if you don't know the answers, you're just going to guess. You would probably blow through it. Yeah, so, and you're not going to spend time trying to figure it out if you already know. That you're not like there's do well. n- there's no chance that I'm going to figure it out. No, like if you if you have no idea how to send a ca- calculus, you wouldn't stare at a calculus problem for ten minutes trying to figure it out. Yeah, just guess. Um, so uh, she looks at the score. She holds up like a cheat sheet against it. Maybe it's like one of those uh, like transparent ones that match the scores. Yeah, and she's like, so like by the. Uh, by the looks of your answers here, it looks like you have the, the intelligence of an average sixth grader, and um, and and she's like, "You thought you'd get away with it, wouldn't you?" Mm-hmm. And and he's like, "Well, yeah, you know, I, I did." And she says, "Corey cheated," and he's like, "Yeah, I did cheat." And she believes because she apparently is an idiot and can't pick <laughs> up on the obvious here. She's the dumb one. She doesn't realize that he cheated on the original test. She thinks yeah. he's throwing this test on purpose. To avoid going to a new school, so mm-hmm. she must have seen this before. She's been through this. Yeah, maybe we can empathize a little bit. Maybe she, maybe just about, maybe half the kids she does this with all have fake, um, fake original tests, and she ends up wasting time with them. Yeah. Um, but she just, she just becomes nasty and says, "No, I can't." There's real prodigies out there. After mm-hmm. Corey goes through his entire confession of what really happened, mm-hmm. she said, "I can't waste my my uh, my time with normal people like you." And that's where Amy and Alan uh, give her a hard time out the door and say, "Hey, you know, we're our kids might not be geniuses, but we're we're proud of them. Mm-hmm. We're happy to have a very normal family." Yeah. And Morgan comes down with her costume on, <laughs> screaming like dressed as a zombie. And uh, the last thing this this lady says is, "You must be so proud." As she mm-hmm. as she leaves, and they shut the door behind her. Um. So they sit down on the couch, Corey and. Uh, 
and Alan, and they you know, they tell him that they knew the whole time. Yeah. That, that, that he wasn't actually a genius. And and they go through this this fairly unnatural exchange. But before that, Alan reveals that he's going to... He's grounded mm-hmm. for, I believe, for two weeks, but he's still going to let him experience Halloween yeah. today. And um, he... They go through this, like... In this show, usually most of the dialogue is fairly natural. You can mm-hmm. tell, like, we're setting up for jokes, but this is much more of a full house moment for them where he says something to the effect of, you know, uh, that, um, you know, I, don't go disguised as a genius. Mm-hmm. Alan says yeah. something like, as long as you promise, you can go out for Halloween as long as you promise not to go disguised as a genius. And 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 uh, Corey's like, yeah, that costume is totally wrong for me. I should just go wear my normal kid costume. And Alan's like, it always looked good on you. Like, this is not, <laughs> this just seems like a, an unnatural conversation. Kind of like the, the cheesy, like you're expecting the music to play right yeah, afterwards. Yeah, like you, you'd be just more like, hey man, um, Honestly, you know, just don't go. As, maybe he doesn't even say the "don't go" as a genius line, but hey, just just be yourself. You know, we're proud of yeah. you as our as our son. So, um, the uh, this scene this scene ends here, and we are in uh, the classroom next. And Corey hands in his red nose uh, to Mister Feeney and says, "You know, since I'm giving up pretending being a genius, I'm also giving up being the class clown." And and uh, Mister Feeney explains that. Um, you know, he respects students who try their hardest, and Mr. Lewis comes up again. And, mm-hmm. he's like, and although Mr. Lewis uh, failed the most recent test, Feeney considers the failure his own. You know, he just yeah. has to try harder to make sure he understands the material because he knows mm-hmm. that, that Mr. Lewis is is um, trying really hard. And Corey says something to him like, that's really cool of you. And, and Feeney says, I'm cool. God help me. <laughs> and that ends there. Um, so... We get our like this is the typical end of the show, but then we still have our our post credits yeah um, credit mm-hmm. scene coming up. Anything with the Halloween I, costumes? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anything before I jump into it? Um. So I, I can say as a teacher, like it is. We definitely do recalculate how we think about things as we're teaching. Sure. So like, if a student is struggling and we notice they're struggling, we will stop and and change up what we're doing even on the spot sometimes mm-hmm. like think about it a little bit differently see if we can make it accessible to them but, that's good yeah that's being a good teacher mm-hmm. and Feeney clearly is that too I yeah except when he's scene. handing out the I test <laughs> I disagree with him announcing <laughs> scores and if he knew Corey cheated on the test what why would he call it out in front of everybody and announce he's a genius is not that a little bit too far yeah, like to, mm-hmm. to to broadcast that because now everyone's also going to know he's not a genius. Yeah, we shouldn't be up again. Yeah, shouldn't be working to embarrass the students. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I I know it's a it's supposed to be a, a teaching moment mm-hmm. in a way, but that's that's not the way to go about that. No, yeah. no. So we after our credits, we're back in the the living room, and doorbell rings, and Zombie Morgan's there handing out candy, and she's doing this. She has the candy bowl. She does the the one for you, two, two for me. me. <laughs> um, and Mr. Feeney shows up, and she's like, "Aren't you a little old to be trick or cheating?" Mm-hmm. And he has nothing but a, like uh, rollers in his hand, yeah, and a bunch of them, and he says that his treats aren't going over so well. <laughs> and I one, wonder why. And one of the kids like, "Hey, aren't you the guy? Or this is the guy who's giving out the rulers." And Feeney asks if he could borrow some candy, which basically mm-hmm. means take. Because <laughs> yeah. you're not going to be borrowing candy you're giving out to kids. And there was like a huge bowl in the living room that Morgan was setting aside for herself. Yes. And then Amy's like, oh, we have some in the kitchen. Yeah, we have more candy there. So um, 
before he runs off, uh, there, there's kids at the door. Yeah, there's three of them. I remember it now. There's three. And one kid is dressed up... Um, is it Robin Hood? Like a Robin costume, but yeah. with a mask on. Mm-hmm. And you hear Corey... He's trying to like, throw his voice onto mm-hmm. him, and he says something to the effect of, you know, aren't you that Feeny guy from, from school? You know, my, my friend, Corey Matthews, says you're the best teacher, mm-hmm. and... And he's like, oh, come on, Mr. Matthews, I wasn't born yesterday. And he pulls up the mask, and it's not Corey. It's yeah. some redheaded kid. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, and pulls the mask down because he just touched this stranger. <laughs> Which, I don't know if it's appropriate to touch Corey, even if you know him. You know what I mean? Yeah, and at the same time, like, he's a kid about Corey's age. Yeah. Like, 95% chance he goes to the same school. Yeah. <laughs> and so he... He hands him, um, he's like, here's a ruler. Here's all the rulers. He yeah. tries to give him the rulers like, inside his uh, bag uh, to, to pacify the situation. Mm-hmm. That's where Amy comes in and says, I have candy for you in the kitchen. Yeah. And Feeney runs off. And Corey takes off his mask and says, and they say I'm not a genius. And I got to talk about his costume here. Do you, okay, so I point, don't remember, do you remember what, what he was like, wearing. No. Right, dude, it is a vampire costume. But the face of the vampire is on his chest. It's like a giant, like um, almost almost looks like the count from, <laughs> but without a monocle, mm-hmm. right? And so the the face is across his chest, and then on his head is a black thing that makes it look like it's either like the legs or or like a stand, and then he's wearing this hat which is supposed to be a bat. So it's like a vampire costume, but instead of him being the vampire, he his costume is. Like a vampire wearing a bat, or 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 he is a a pole with a vampire standing in front of it with a bat on top. This costume is so bad. I have to it's, go back and look just, at that now. It's covering his entire chest. What kid would wear this costume? Not in a million years. It's so <laughs> terrible. Um, so he he takes it off. I just wrote what? Like for my notes when I, when I saw this. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, this episode we spent a lot of time like in the class and just like in the house, like the living room and bedroom and stuff. It's pretty straightforward. It, it is. Um, it's it's a little disconnected from the previous episode. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said it, it feels like a full house episode. Yeah, with like almost like the full circle with the class clown mm-hmm. back to it at the end and like how cheesy uh, certain dialogue points were. Um, not something I feel we've seen prior to this episode. Yeah. Usually. A little bit more natural, and this one just seemed... Eh. A little contrived, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was okay. And, yeah, I think my biggest problem with it is that it was the episode immediately after the one where he shows that if he puts his mind to something that he has potential, then he's mm-hmm. right back to being a class clown and, yeah. and cheating on this IQ exam. So, I don't know. It, it was it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a thumbs in the middle episode. You know? <laughs> um, any other final thoughts before we conclude? No, I think that pretty much covers it for this week. All right, man. Uh, well, uh, thank you very much, and we'll see you for the next one.